Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you are addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I'm a Dynasty Freak. I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty on episode 240. Exciting times. We're finally getting ready for the season. Week two of training camp is in the books and we got to see the first fake football game of the season, the Hall of Fame game, where very few Dynasty relevant players played. But still, it was a blast to watch football on this weekend. Coming up, we've got a week full, a full slate of games where we're actually going to get to see some of the Dynasty relevant players actually take the field. And so, pretty fun. Until the players, you know, enter these preseason games, the best we can do is follow their reports from coaches and from beat reporters during training camp. And so what I want to do each week before these preseason games happen is write me and talk about, you know, 20 or so players that are receiving some hype from training camp. I'm going to try to avoid repeating players that I already talked about from week to week, so these aren't the only players being hyped up, but just kind of playing off of the ones that happened this week. I'm going to share whether I think the hype is real or whether the, the it's just noise. So it's real, it's news, or is it noise? Uh, so I'm going to have back some players here, try to hit on about 20 different players that received some hype this week. That's what we're going to do during the preseason. It's so fun once the uh, preseason starts, beginning next week, we'll get to talk about actual games that we've seen played. So that's going to be exciting. But now, just going off of what beat reporters, what coaches are saying, here's some of my thoughts on players that have received hype this week. The first would be Sam Howell, and you could say Jacoby Brissett as well. So Sam Howell uh, received most of the hype early in training camp, but last week, Coach Rivera told reporters not to rule out Jacoby Brissett as the starter. Pretty strange. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it on this. I don't think Rivera is going to do this. I don't see how 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 Howell, that's hard to say, I don't see how Howell does not get the starting job to begin the season. Brissett, I think, was brought in to steady the ship if Howell falters at the start of the season. But Howell, you know, he's taken all the first-team reps during training camp, and I think he's going to start the season after only starting one game last season. Um, he's going to do it. I think he will. Uh, before his final season in North Carolina, Howell was predicted to be a first-round draft pick and was a top-tier quarterback in Debbie Leagues. And so it was a huge surprise when he fell to the fifth round of the draft last year. I remember, I like to remember when college players were once thought to be among the top in their position in Debbie Leagues before the NFL you know, drafted them. And so he's one player that I've always kept in mind. And so I like to draft players like that just because they were once thought to be such great uh, prospects. I drafted Howell uh, late in two different leagues last year, and I really look forward to seeing him prove himself this season. I think he's quickly become a reliable starter in Superflex leagues and a streamable starter in one-quarterback leagues. Uh, he's got room, you know, a whole room full of weapons uh, that's really going to increase the dynasty value of Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson this year. I really think he will. And he's also going to hit up his college teammate, De'Ami Brown. This was reported several times this week that he and De'Ami Brown uh, had several touchdown catches during this last training camp or this last week, leading me to actually add Brown Kind of a long-lost guy. I've added him back to my some of my deep leagues on my rosters this week. So another guy just to keep an eye out for because he's received some hype during training camp too. Definitely has to overcome Curtis Samuel, but I think that he could. So things are looking interesting there. I'm betting on Howell to win the job and this Brissett news just not really being true. But another quarterback battle I'm actually a little bit more concerned about. Uh, Baker Mayfield and, and Kyle Trask. Mayfield, you know, started camp running with the first team. 
But this week, beat reporters actually started saying that Trask has been pushing Mayfield for the job. In this case, I actually believe the reporters. I think the starter will probably not be named until after maybe the first two preseason games, and that's how close this competition is. I like Mayfield to win the battle, uh, but both are going to see playing time this season, I think, because either of them will falter at different times. So I think that we're going to see both of them during the season, if I was to predict. Mayfield's experience, his draft capital, definitely give him a leg up on Trask. But the Buccaneers, um, they don't really have a competitive team this year, and so they'd be wise to see what they have in Trask before next year's quarterbacks come out in the draft class. So I think this can be a pretty uh, scary situation. Sadly, I traded a second-round draft pick for Mayfield in a Superflex League, and the other manager selected Tank Big- Bigsby, who I think I would much prefer. I wrote about him and talked about him last week on the podcast. Um, I'm going to deeply regret this trade if Mayfield can't hold down the position. My bet's still on Mayfield, but I don't think we're going to know until we've seen a couple preseason games. And I trust Mayfield to hold you know, the dynasty value of Chris Godwin and Mike Evans more than I would Trask, but um, I'm going to watch this carefully. If Trask wins the job, Godwin and Evans, their value is going to go down a little bit, in my opinion. Moving to running backs now. Got some news for Javante Williams this week. Coach Payton told reporters that Williams is going to get reps in the preseason game. I couldn't believe that. Uh, all reports, you know, this offseason have indicated that Williams was recovering well from his ACL surgery and that he'd be ready to start the season healthy. Still, no one's predicted that he'd play in the preseason. Uh, given that the Broncos, you know, have a li- limited his workload during training camp, I find Coach Payton's um, comments a little bit unbelievable that he's going to play in preseason games. Uh, still, it's good news for Williams. I think it means that he's going to play to start the season for sure. And I'm betting that he will share time with Samaj P. Ryan to start the season before slowly beginning to take over the lead role midseason. Uh, the Broncos, I think, are going to use both backs throughout the season, limiting kind of the dynasty and fantasy value, at least, of Williams and P. Ryan's upside. Uh, P. Ryan is one of my most rostered players, so I'm really excited to see how he's going to be able to start the season. But I think he's going to lose that role as the season progresses. Williams' dynasty value, on the other hand, I think it's it really declined steadily since the injury. He didn't return to you know peak value that he had back in 2021 when he was more sought after in the dynasty community. I regrettably last year traded uh, Javante Williams for Dalvin Cook in, uh, in a last year, kind of right at the trade deadline. I was trying to make a championship push for the run. I actually made the Super Bowl in that league, but I could have done it completely without Cook's help. He didn't help me at all. So I'm going to take the L on that one. I lost that trade for sure. I like to admit my faults when I make them. My team would be a lot better if I had Williams on it going into this next year. Here's to hoping that uh, Cook signs with the Dolphins rather than the Jets because I think that would be a better spot for me in that league. We'll see. Another running back would be David Montgomery. Uh, Coach Campbell said this week that the Lions and uh, see Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs as part of a two-back system. Anyone paying attention and knew this already, though. We didn't need this announcement from Campbell to know this. Montgomery is this year's Jamal Williams, and Gibbs is this year's DeAndre Swift. Uh, Gibbs will be used, though, a lot more as the, in the passing games, and I think he's going to be used as an overall weapon, whereas Montgomery will be the running downs back, the short yardage back. The Lions made it clear to everyone what they intended, intended to do this season when they signed Montgomery, let Williams and Jamal Williams go, when they drafted Gibbs, and when they traded Swift. Uh, now they have the guys that they want, and they have this two-back system that they want. This year, however, Gibbs is going to be far more involved in the offense, and Montgomery's not going to fall into 17 touchdowns like Jamal Williams did last, did last year. They like Gibbs a lot more than they like Swift, so I'm confident of that. But I do believe the hype that Montgomery is going to be a very, very active part of this offense. Both are going to be productive from a fantasy perspective. 
with Montgomery, you know, having the safer floor week to week. And I think Gibbs is going to have the highest ceiling week to week. But in PPR leagues, I think Gibbs actually has a really high floor as well. Thanks, Coach Campbell, for telling us what we already knew. I <laughs> can't wait to see it, though. It's going to be a pretty fun offense to watch the Lions this year. Next bit controversial, uh, J.K. Dobbins. Dobbins has been staging some sort of a hold-in as uh, he has yet to practice, and the Ravens insist, you know, as he insists on trying to get a new contract from the Ravens. I'll tell you this, he's not going to get a new contract because he doesn't deserve it. He's not played enough. Coach Harbaugh is starting to show a little bit of frustration. He's trying to be all politically correct in his interviews, but you can tell that he's pretty frustrated with Dobbins. And then the Ravens, on top of that, have signed Melvin Gordon, and then this last week they signed Kenyon Drake, while Dobson, uh, Dobbins rather, uh, continues to hold in. And then Gus Edwards, he's still not played yet because he's recovering from his own actual injury compared to Dobbins' possibly fake injury as he holds in. Uh, the Ravens' backfield is just a mess this year, and it's an offense that's changing to become more pass-oriented instead of run-oriented, so these signs all lead me to stay far, far away from this backfield. I don't have any shares of any of these backs in Baltimore, and I'm glad that I don't. On the other side, all my dynasty investments are in the Ravens' offensive, offense. They lie with the passing game, and I'm really excited to see what this passing game can do now that Lamar Jackson has some top patch catchers, uh, pass catchers, so... J.K. Dobbins, pretty big trouble staying away from everything Baltimore in the running game, except, of course, Lamar Jackson. One more running back before we get to receivers. That's Israel Abanacanda. Izzy Abanacanda. Abanacanda and Cedric Tillman were the most watchable players from a dynasty perspective in Thursday's Hall of Fame game. Both did pretty well, but especially Abanacanda. His yards per carry didn't look great, but I watched the whole game, and half of his carries were doomed from the start because the offensive line got worked and just played terrible on a lot of those carries. But he, when he did have some room, he was very decisive. He was quick. He appeared to know the offense and his responsibilities pretty well. His 10-yard touchdown was great when he outrun everyone to the pylon. I liked watching what I saw there. I think that he's playing, you know, in his first preseason game. It means that he's currently at the back of the running back rotation if he's playing in this, you know, the, one, the two teams that get to play four preseason games. But I'm still confident that he's going to move his way slowly back into the RB2 role behind, ahead of Michael Carter and behind Brees Hall. I don't know why the Jets keep flirting with Dalvin Cook, but I don't, do not believe that he's going to sign with them. After recovering from his ACL surgery, Hall's going to have to kind of work his way back in slowly to get that full-time role, and he will, and he's going to be awesome. But given that either Carter or Banikanda are going to have opportunities early in the season, I'm eager to see them both on the field during the next preseason games to see which one's going to win. And my bets are on Banikanda that he's going to look the best and he's going to win the RB2 job um, behind Brees Hall. Next is uh, Jackson Smith and, and Jigba going out uh, to uh, receivers. To no one's surprise, no one's surprised at all, JSN has been a superstar during training camp. Uh, there's no reason to think that he wouldn't be since he was the first receiver drafted in this class. Uh, the reporters tweet on a regular basis. They're tweeting out JSN highlights of catch almost every single day. Undoubtedly, he's a playmaker, and he's going to have an immediate fantasy impact, even though DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are going to demand a significant share of the targets, as they always do. This is so good for Geno Smith, who's going to continue this incredible, such an incredible late rear, late career dynasty rebound. Now he's got one more playmaker on the field. Geno Smith pointing up for sure. Well, as good as JSN has looked, and I believe it, I believe all the hype coming out of there, no reason not to. I actually traded him uh, for a two-for-one deal this last week with two players that are also receiving camp hype that I'll talk about next. I traded JSN for a package deal of Jordan Addison and Elijah Moore. I'll talk about now, Jordan Addison. Addison, uh, after starting training camp with a bit of a boneheaded speeding arrest and then a mild injury, 
Addison has really settled in uh, to practice, and he's earned praise from all the coaches and reporters. And so like JSN, reporters have been tweeting out different catches that he's made and how he's looked great during practice. He has the definitely has the best receiver in the league, Justin Jefferson, on his team. But uh, that's his only competition, whereas JSN has Metcalf and Lockett to compete with for target share. As a result, Addison, I think, is going to have a much quicker start to his dynasty career, but could very well also still have the better career than JSN. I really see them as kind of hand-in-hand. And the reason they were back-to-back, that's the reason they were back-to-back in my rookie rankings. That's the reason why they were picked three parts of uh, three picks away from each other in the NFL draft. I definitely still have JSN ranked ahead of Jordan Addison, but I would still draft him first if it didn't happen today. But when the other manager that was starting these trade offers for me, trying to come after uh, JSN, offered Jordan Addison, and I replied back that I would actually like Elijah Mitchell thrown into the deal as well, I was way more willing, way more willing to make that trade. Which brings us to the next guy, Elijah Moore. Man, the Browns and the Jets, they reported to training camp a week before everyone else since they played in the Hall of Fame game, and therefore, uh, Moore has received three weeks of consecutive training camp buzz. Video after video, you know, being tweeted out with Moore catching patches from Deshaun Watson, reporters describing how he's lining up all over the field, and he's being used even in the run game, and coaches have raved about his versatility and the ways that they're excited to use him this coming year. So his hype is definitely out of control, but I'm 100% buying into it. So much that he's my most traded for player this offseason. I added him in a trade, the one that I described when I traded away JSN uh, for Addison and more. I actually traded a 2024 first and second round pick for Zach Charbonnet and Elijah Elijah Moore. So two pretty big trade there in my FFPC league. Uh, Charbonnet and more for first and second round pick. And then I also uh, traded away Keenan Allen for more and a second round pick, which is pick number 20. Um, and that's my last remaining rookie draft that I have. And I believe, you know, Moore is going to be the future wide receiver one in Cleveland and could even surpass Amari Cooper this season. I'm buying all the hype. The Browns offense is really going to open up the season, becoming far more pass heavy. They've added weapons and Watson returns, you know, after his rusty year back. I think that he's going to be back to himself. So I'm all in on Moore and the Browns and I've significantly put my money where my mouth is by trading for Elijah Moore three times already. Next player is Jalen Hyatt. Uh, after struggling to get on the field at the start of camp, uh, Hyatt has received much praise this last week uh, for a few days in a row. Actually, I received like a tweet of a Hyatt, of a Hyatt touchdown catch or a Hyatt uh, deep ball catch. And reporters, you know, these reports have really made me curious for the very first time about Hyatt. I thought that he would need a year before he started to see playtime in the very, very crowded Giants wide receiver room, and I still believe that's going to be the case. Still, I'm going to follow camp reports and watch the preseason games more carefully now that Hyatt has been making plays in camp. Uh, the Giants beat reporter was actually asked this week, one of the Giants beat reporters was asked who he believed the starting wide receivers would be, and he answered Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, and Paris Campbell. I think he's right, but I think that Hyatt could easily slide into Slayton's role if he continues to prove and play well during camps. That's one I'm definitely going to follow. Surprised to see the Jalen hype that's got me curious even though I wasn't very high on him to begin with. A couple more receivers here. Jameson Williams. Uh, Coach Campbell said that Williams should receive a lot of reps during preseason. And I believe it. And I think he absolutely should because this first-round draft pick from two years ago has had one career catch after missing much of his rookie season while recovering from surgery. And now he's suspended for the first six, season, uh, first six games of this season for gambling. 
the team needs to see what they have in him on the field, and they do right to play him a lot during this preseason. So I believe it. However, with Williams, I don't know what everyone else thinks about him. For me, he's a stay-away player for me. I think he has a little bit too much uh, knuckle-headedness, I'll call it, for me to risk rostering him. I don't have any shares of Williams. I'm glad that I don't. But I have tons of shares of Ramon Ross St. Brown because he's about the business of football. He takes things seriously. I'm not sure that that's the case with Williams. I'm eager to see if Williams can prove me wrong. I'm, I'll wait to see it. But I have to wait a long time to see it unless Campbell actually does what he says and plays him a lot during during these preseason games. Until then, uh, I'm just staying away from Williams. I don't, I don't really trust him. And so hopefully he plays a lot during these preseason games so we can finally see what he might do, even though it's going to be hard to judge during preseason games. Next player to talk about is Brandon Cooks. Uh, Cooks reportedly formed a, quote, good connection with Dak Prescott. He's got a lot of rapport with Prescott because, of course, of course he has. His name's Brandon Cooks. That's what he does. No matter which team he plays for, Cooks is one, is just does what he does. He's one of my most rostered players because he's a super reliable top 24 wide receiver from year to year. And no matter which team he's played for, he's played for four, and now he's about to do it with his fifth team in Dallas. Uh, I'm concerned a little bit that Michael Gallup, now that he's more healthy, he's going to peak with Cooks, the wide receiver two role behind C.D. Lamb. Uh, but my bet is still on Cooks to win the role. Jake Ferguson and Andor Luke Schoonmaker, uh, they're not going to get the number of looks that Dalton Schultz did over the last two years, and so I think the slices of the receiving pie are going to go bigger to the wide receivers, and my bet still is on Cooks to beat out Gallup, and I think he's going to just do what Brandon Cooks does, same thing he does everywhere that he's been. He's going to do the same things in Dallas, so I believe that report. A couple more receivers here. DJ Chark, reports indicated last week that Chark has become Bryce Young's favorite target in training camp. I thought that it would be Adam Thielen. Yeah, I thought that he would be the guy, but I'm starting to change my mind now that I've heard these reports. Carolina's receiving coach actually said that he targets, that Young targets him whenever he sees him one-on-one -on -one with the defensive back. Uh, they've connected on several deep ball touchdowns during this last week. I do think Terrace Marshall, Thielen, and Chark are going to be the team starters to start the season while Jonathan Mingo starts to cut into the playing time of one of those guys, most likely Thielen, by the end of the season. LaVisca Chenault, I think he's just going to be their gadget guy. Chark's only 26 years old, and he's been very productive when he's not been injured. But injuries have been his big kind of a bugaboo. He's, he's uh, derailed him in 21 of the last 35 games he's not played. So big, big problem right there. But if he stays healthy, I think he really can be the team's top target and top touchdown getter. And so I like what I'm hearing, and I believe what I'm hearing, and the connection that's being made between Bryce Young and DJ Chark. Last wide receiver we'll talk about is Tyler Scott. Reports said this last week that Scott's been, quote, a fast learner in camp. Uh, he's already been, made several big plays, getting behind starters and even defensive winning with, you know, some of the starting defensive backs one-on-one -on -one in their battles with the corners. Uh, Scott is one of my most rostered. He is my most rostered and my most drafted player that I had in rookie drafts this last year, so it's no surprise to me. Uh, definitely has a crowded, uh, you know, depth chart that he has to get through. A few good reports from training camp, though, regarding Chase Claypool have made me think that he's probably not going to get a lot of chances this year, but I think he's poised to be a starter in 2024 because Claypool and Darnell Mooney's contracts expire at the end of the season. So I think he's going to make some big plays this season and become a starter next season. I'm glad that I have him in a couple leagues where I have, uh, uh, where I have taxi squads, keeping him on there for sure. He's going to improve this next year. Justin Fields is going to improve as a pass catcher, as a pass as a passer rather. And so I think Scott's going to be one of his prime targets in 2024. Excited to hear some good news from Scott. We'll see uh, what kind of chances he gets this next year. 
couple tight ends now. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, rightfully, receiving glowing reports in Buffalo from the first day of camp. Uh, reports have said this week that he's on the, quote, fast track to receive prominent role in his first season. There's no reason to not believe the hype on this with Kincaid. Uh, his, you know, he was the first tight end drafted in this class. He's expected to be a featured part of the offense and quickly become the team's possibly second most targeted player behind Stefan Diggs. Coaches indicated that the team plans actually to run more 12 personnel this season, giving Dawson Knox and Kincaid on the, on the same field simultaneously. And I do believe this report, too, because Kincaid is not going to be asked to be an inline blocker. Uh, he's more of a slot receiver than a traditional tight end, so Knox will play, will play the traditional role, and they're often going to be on the same field at the same time. So as I talked about last week, um, I actually am buying the dip right now in Gabe Davis's uh, dynasty value, and I think that he's actually up for a big rebound this season, making him uh, Kincaid's top competition for targets behind Diggs. And I actually think that Kincaid is going to be a very active part of the offense. I'm buying that, but I still believe that Davis is going to wind up being the second most targeted Bill as he rebounds this season. So believe in the hype on Kincaid, but don't think it's going to go as high as some people think. I don't think that he's going to be the second most targeted player on the team. My bets are on Gabe Davis. Opposite, though, with uh, this last player I'll mention, Michael Mayer. Las Vegas beat reporters said last week that Mayer uh, should become, quote, Jimmy Garoppolo's top target this season. Now, that's a pretty far-fetched statement given that they have Devontae Adams on their squad. He's not going to be their top player. But I think Mayer could quickly become their second most targeted player on the team. The Raiders actually cut O.J. Howard this week, which is just another small indication that they're confident in Mayer, who's currently behind Austin Hooper and our lads when they do their depth charts at our lads. They've got Austin Hooper ahead of Mayer. But I think by the end of the preseason, Mayer should be named their starter. Uh, he's going to need to develop a little bit as a blocker in the NFL just getting used to that part of the game, but he's going to be used in the passing game, I think, right away, just as he did his freshman at Notre Dame. He can do the same thing entering the NFL. For whatever reason, Coach McDaniels has kind of soured on Hunter Renfro. He brought in Jacoby Myers, you know, one of the players he's familiar with from New England. And so it's Myers and Mayer, two little tongue twisters there, Myers and Mayer. I think they're the players that he signed and that he drafted. And so they're the ones that he wants to get involved, not Renfro. And so I think that Myers and Mayer are really going to compete to be the second most targeted player on the team. And I think that's going to be Mayer, if I was to give my pick. Adams first by far, but Mayer could be better than Meyer. There you go. There's my uh, tongue twisters here at the end. That's some fun reports from uh, training camp week number two. Keep following. It's so fun. This is a great time of season. I can't wait till next week when we have some preseason games that I can watch. I watch all of the preseason games, so I'd love to report on them and tell you how I, I thought about the players that I've seen. And so here, we move from now training camp buzz and beat reporters and coaches talk to actually being able to see some stuff on the field next week. It's going to be a blast. Let's keep following. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, that's going to be a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. Thanks for listening. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Much better on email than I am on Twitter or X. <laughs> dynastyfreaks at gmail.com, dynastyfreaks with two E's. I'd be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast. That would mean a lot to me as an independent podcaster. I do appreciate your support. Thanks for listening. I do hope to become your most trusted independent voice in the dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there. Get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. 
Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.